0: so at the moment we are right smack in the middle of the awaken the change intensive retreat in byron bay cindy's lost it (laughs) we're in the middle of our retreat in byron bay sitting in the conference room filled with extraordinary participants who've come such a long way In such a short space of time, shout out hello so that everybody hears you.
2: (laughs) See, we're not lying.
0: So for a couple of weeks, um, the three of us girls have actually been exploring doing a podcast that Cindy came up with an awesome name for called To Market, To Market, To Buy a Fat Pig. Personally, I would go for To Market, To Market, To Buy a Fat Chickpea. (laughs) But let's go with Cindy's version right now.
1: Well, this little piggy went to market? No, this little chickpea went to market. (laughs) (laughs) Can we go with that? Okay. Or an asparagus. I mean, really. Asparagus? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever.
0: Whatever. So we thought that we would cover that in today's podcast because we've all just come back from the Byron Bay Farmer's Markets and it was an Mm. absolute treat. Dried fruit, the most spectacular rocket and kale I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I had this dried dragon fruit that got caught up in my teeth and when I smiled oh I looked attractive
1: (laughs) (laughs) but 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 before we went there let's just talk a little bit about Gavin oh Oh. yeah so Gavin the head chef here at the Byron Bay or Byron Byron. 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 (laughs) he you know he looked like a normal everyday chef until he opened his mouth stop it and then the Scottish man appeared and Mm. hello the bear goggles went on and he was quite attractive (laughs) Mm. so he was fantastic when we got out of the van remember us all standing around and he was what, what I got from him we couldn't have paid him to say what he said he was so poignantly perfectly right in everything that he said that I reckon it looked like we'd actually staged it he talked about the passion, which I really loved more than anything, and that he'd lost... What did he lose? How much did he lose? How much weight? Oh, he was 100 kilos, I think, and he was down to, what,
0: 78
1: or something, did he say? You didn't say.
2: I don't think I he said what he was down I to. I
1: think I spoke to him afterwards, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sure. he was trim and slim, but what was even more exciting was that he was really passionate about the fact that all the locals there, they could only be organically grown, They could only be there. They were very vigilant about the number of stalls and who came in. And they'd had intruders. I remember hearing him say that, that there had been intruders. They weren't allowed to be there. But I also got what was interesting when everyone left and dissipated. We carried on a conversation with him. And he said, I just
2: can't shift this last bit. And what did you tell him to do? Well, he also had high blood pressure. So, and... So I just said to him, the reason you got the high blood pressure is, is due to your sugar levels going up. And what did he have for breakfast? He had a bacon and a bacon sandwich. Now, I don't have a problem with the bacon. But I said to him, why don't you just give up the wheat, do it for three months, if it doesn't work, you know, keep, you, go back to it. But I said, just give it up, see what happens. And he, he says he knows there's something in his diet that's not right. And so he's he said he's going to do it and he's going to
1: He asked he didn't definitely didn't want to give up the red wine.
2: No. Asked he didn't if that say was that. still a possibility. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you said it was all right so long as it's a good quality wine. Mm. And he also asked about whiskey, didn't he? And you said that that would be all right even though that's a weak.
2: No, I just said to him to have highballs rather than anything else. So what's a highball? High when you like... talk really high when someone's <laughs> kicking <kept> you. <there. laughs>
0: say that I don't, now, I don't I don't know if you guys if the listeners actually heard what Kim said I said what's a highball and, she, and the whole room just cracked up then Kim said when you talk really high when somebody kicks you in the <laughs> that was very fast laugh that was very quick look at you on fire
2: sniffed coffee beans it's a spirit <laughs> not what? what you said a highball <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I thought you meant no, no, it's a spirit, so a gin of a, a vodka, something like that on ice or with water. That's a highball just to bring the the tone down. Oh or bring the morals up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so
1: now I can have my vodka straight. Mm-hmm. Well let's talk vodka well, shall we? I mean, you know, here's Miss Clean, pure, Miss I don't eat anything bad in my body. And not that it was bad, but it was surprising at nine o'clock on a Thursday morning to see this one totally distracted at the oyster bar having an oyster <laughs> shot with vodka.
0: Oh hello. Hello. <laughs> right, right. I wasn't alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had 17 <laughs> participants with her, <laughs> all lined up, ready and waiting, while the rest of us stood back watching in judgement. <laughs> How funny.
2: But what um, Alice Gavin said about the farmers' markets was, you know, it's about supporting the local community. It's about having foods that are within a radius, so they can't go further than 200 kilometres. Uh, not everything was organic. Some of it was chemical-free. For some, that it was certified. Others, they said it was chemical-free. But I think what I found about that market was talking to my farmer, having a relationship with my farm and knowing what he's like, do I trust him or she? And it was funny. I did trust certain people. Like, we bought our greens from this beautiful lady, and she was saying... Well, when I, when I, when I... And you knew she was planting. And she says, the wild rocket's just not doing it for me, but I can do the peppered one and the... What was the other one she called? It was
1: the wild one. The sweeter one was the wild oh, was the that the one. Oh, the sweeter one was the wild one and the
2: peppered one was the peppered yeah, one. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Yeah. And I, you know what, what else got me was that... You know, while we've been doing Awaken the Change Within, what we're finding is that that people are saying, well, that's not available in my town. That's not available in my town. Mm. Every town should be able to have that farmer's market. And
0: it's interesting because I had a couple of conversations with some of our participants where they were saying that um, there had been farmer's markets introduced to the area but it wasn't supported. Mm. And I think that's a challenge because... You know, and that's certainly what our intention is: is to help people become educated, so that this sort of way of living becomes the norm, and it becomes a more accepted way of living um, over time, obviously, and through education and information. But I think it's something that we've all got to really band together with to try to create a movement, so that this sort of eating is accessible for everybody,
1: and easy, affordable. And, and, it and an experience. Takes, and it takes one person to start it. If you remember, Gavin said it started 10 years ago oh. with a couple of them and they all thought it wouldn't work. Yeah. And then it takes another person to join in. And it's that ripple effect. And really, that's what we're looking for whenever we create change. So, the people that haven't got it in their towns, I see that as an opportunity, mm. if you're passionate. Because there's always people, we grow our own herbs, mm. not the Sort and Brian Bay, the happy high ones. <laughs> Did see that. Did walk past that little shop. Did we see the man in the blue suede suit? Just saying. <laughs> did you see. No. <laughs> I did see a man look at you, though, twice up and down. And
0: did you see that he followed me? Mm-hmm. He had no shoes and dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little
1: scary. Little unnerving. Then we lost Karen at one point, and we were like, where is she? Where is she? Oh, and there she was with a little puppy Malteser in her arms. Oh, he was just too cute for words. Your puppies have that little weak big breath and that little soft little puppy breath. <laughs> oh,
0: I love it. <laughs> the little cute little thing.
2: All right, so oh, no, I have you I ever done move. this... No, no, have you ever done this after the supermarket? What, snuggled with a puppy? No, just... Had so much excitement about being mm. around food. When you go to the supermarket, this is what it's like. You get your trolley, your head's down. You know where everything is. You go through. Mm. The only person you talk to, maybe, is the checkout chick. But now you don't even need to check. You know, talk to them it's because so you safe. go through the self-serve. What a different experience, you know. And that's—it's like you're in a community. It's like. I don't know, it's like I for me going to the markets it's it's, well, it's a right...
1: responsibility, Gavin said. Yeah. It was a
2: responsibility back and
1: your way of giving back to the community. Mm. And I think if we can all each learn to do that to support our local farmers, it's gonna make it more the norm. Mm. It's mm. not gonna be unusual for us to go to markets to get out. And mm. isn't it funny how we're going back? Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's
2: beautiful.
0: We are all going back to the basics. I think what um, we also wanna do on today's podcast is to bring our Awaken the Change experience to our listeners as well. And that's why we wanted to talk to you guys about the farmers' markets because it's, it's been such an instrumental part of what we're trying to communicate in terms of helping people to eat more consciously and participate um, in harmony with each other, the community and the earth and our animals. It's, like it's, it's creating a harmonistic, mm. if that's such a word, um, creating harmonicity from a global perspective, and I think that that's, that's something that touches all of us quite significantly. We also have some questions that our participants have posed for us that we want to answer on the podcast for you today because their questions are obviously our listeners' questions, and this is a perfect opportunity for us to be able to do that in a really um, quick and succinct way because we know that you guys post lots of questions on our Facebook page and also on the, um, the feedback the website. On the website. So what are some of the questions that we've got there, and um, these are okay. mainly directed actually, towards... Actually, just before we here. answer
2: the questions, um, I do want to just go back to the markets. I'd really like to go back to the markets, and they do this to me all the time, by the way. Like, everybody's watching what my, the girls are doing to me. So she <laughs> does things like this. She goes... <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, no. And
1: for those that can't see... Cindy just poked her in the arm, but in fact, she doesn't poke her in the arm. She actually literally sticks a finger up her bottom. Let's be real. Let's be real.
2: We're going to be raw and open. Be the truth. So things like, or Kim will go, get close to the microphone, or lift yourself. Or, yeah, I, I do the,
0: yeah.
1: I, I raise the hand. And I do the. And, she, and Kim slaps on the back.
2: <laughs> Keep going. Anyway, So, you know, there's a lot of farmers that are not making it around communities. Mm. And what the farmer's markets are doing, and, and I, I really think that this is important, it's allowing farmers not to be the first in the line and then there's another person and another person and then the grocery store. So it's allowing them to have direct access to the consumer. For instance, um, the person I get my meat off, he's not certified organic, but what he is is he's a farmer close by that I've been to his farm and he was you know selling his cattle I don't know what it was a kilo but he was selling his cattle and not making a lot of money then he started to get his cattle butchered he went to the local farmers market and now he's got this unbelievable following because he's a local farmer that's doing that another grower on where we're near is a grower for limes and he wasn't getting a lot of money for his limes so he's created a whole cottage industry around limes he makes lime salt lime cordial, Lime oh. sugars, like anything you can do with a lime, he does. Mojitos. Mojitos, yeah. I think he's got a mojito mix. I'm pretty sure of that one. Imagine lime. a lime salt. It's beautiful. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, divine. Yeah. Like, and so these farmers that were going to go down are now realising that they have direct access by these farms. Like, you saw every single one of them there. Mm. You know, they, almost, they did look quite hippie. Yeah. None of them had their suits on or anything like that. They were the salt of the earth. A couple of them did look like they could have done with a foot scrub. Just saying. <laughs> or a shower. <laughs> or a shower.
1: Or a comb.
0: <laughs> or shoes. <laughs> Thongs. <laughs> Clothes. <laughs> Stop it.
2: <laughs> All right, let's go to the question. Okay, okay.
1: So, so, uh, so on the whole thing with, with Whole Foods and everything... Uh, you mentioned Cindy only using whole spices because the ground spices have been irradiated. Uh, wouldn't the whole spices be subject to the same treatment if they're imported?
2: Okay, so the irradiation process is for preservation, um, and, to, to, and they do it to the ground spices, whereas the whole and that's for yeah, for the preservation. But the whole spices do not need preserving. Um, because they're in the whole form. And if you buy the organic spices, then they definitely haven't been irradiated. If they're, ag- if they're organic, um, they come through customs quite easily. Uh, well, not easily, I shouldn't say that, but my husband does all that. Um, so be careful. Get your whole spices rather than your you know, your, your other spices. And then you know that um, the oils are still there. All the essential vitamins and minerals that are in them are still there. And all their healing properties are still in there. So what prompted
0: that question was um, yesterday, Cindy was doing this incredible display of of creating extraordinary foods for everybody in the room, and she was talking about spices and the contrast to buying a spice in a jar that's been ground versus buying a spice whole and was encouraging us to all buy our spices whole. And we've got somebody in the room who actually has spices and legumes and grains as part of their business. And um, Rob was curious as to how or what the difference is to having it, it ground down and having it whole. And there are spices that need to be imported. Mm. So um, why would a spice be irradiated if it was ground and why would a spice not be irradiated if it was whole? And I think you mentioned this morning that if it's whole, it's because it contains its natural preservatives, therefore it doesn't require...
2: Preservation. Preservation, yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yep, yep, that's it. Because irradiation will um, kill everything, basically, and preserve it. And it won't go... Like, it's got oils in it so that it can go rancid. Whereas when it's in its whole form it's like anything. When you you get an egg in its whole form it's never going to go off because it's still um, in its preserved state. When you get a nut like a macadamia nut in its shell and a walnut in its shell it's in its preserved state. The minute you crack it it starts to go off. So walnuts and pecans in particular are often um, got an antioxidant put on them to stop the rancidity. You can smell a rancid um, walnut and you can taste a rancid and you you do not want to be eating those and, So, and what would happen if you did because I did eat yeah. something at your place Kim you'd made a yes,
0: almond yeah. slice and I smelt it and I went yeah no Kim made it it must be great
1: <laughs> and I hadn't taste tested it and thought they were fine but the nuts had been sitting there mm. obviously well i actually to be honest with you I hadn't bought them that long ago No, I think she did it on purpose <laughs> she knew I was coming
2: and, and I quite wanted like me to sleep. she
1: pulls those faces <laughs> when she can't eat
2: but in all honesty but, what would you get sick if you kept eating them Well, you're probably not going to get sick, but your body will have to cope with it. Um, And basically you'll create free radicals and an oxidative, and it's an ageing process. So the least you have to do that, the better. So what I always say to people is that the best way to eat nuts, and it's not always convenient. So, you know, what I do is I have a huge carver bowl. Filled with my nuts. So I have walnuts and macadamias and almonds and pecans and I usually get them fresh if I, you know, if you can, especially, you know, winter's the time in Victoria where you can get these and I get them sent up. So, um, oh, and pecans. Pecans are up here. I have a friend with a pecan tree. So I just put them in there, and that's how we like to eat our nuts. And yours are in the shell? In, in the shell. Bowl? But let's say um, I've got to make an almond cake. I'm not going to shell all my almonds. I'm mm. just not going to do it. But you'll often find if I'm going to make an um, a walnut porridge, let's say, of, of some sort, a quinoa one, I'll be out with my hammer on the concrete, out by the laundry room, cracking my walnuts. You know, I only need five to ten, depending on how many family members are there. So that is the best way that you can get it. Mm. And do they taste
0: different? I can't remember the last time I ground down my own spice in the Thermomix and I can't remember the last time I had a nut in a shell. I've always bought them already ground. I do put my nuts in the fridge and leave them there, but
2: I can't remember that. Does it taste... Is there a difference? No, I I think when you break one... Immediately, there is a big difference. It's almost like eating a
1: fresh apple off the tree as opposed to one in the supermarket. Like, you know it's still kind of fresh, but when you take one from the tree that your uncle or your grandfather or you've grown yourself, it, yeah. there's, a, there's an energy about it. Actually, I must admit, I'm a big chickpea fan, and when I buy my
0: chickpeas fresh and then I make them myself, they're spectacular, but when I go buy them in the
2: tin, they're revolting. They feel dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. but it's regarding regarding the spices. When you know, like it's like the vanilla. We were talking about vanilla, <laughs> and um, when you get an organic vanilla bean or a, van- a vanilla pod, um, basically, you know, you're getting all the medicinal properties yeah. in its whole form. And yes, we do put it in vodka. I, I must admit, to mm. make our essence, or we might put it in sugar to make the paste. But we use the best of both. Mm. And, and all of those properties that are in it. And, you know, we can't even figure out what half the properties are. You know, these spices have been used for years and you know, thousands of years. Yeah. You know, the spice trade was huge. Spices were expensive. And in actual fact, vanilla is the second most expensive, and saffron is the expensive one. Mm-hmm. and yeah. 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 still is. You yeah. mentioned something
1: just before about um, you know eating rancid foods and things like that. One of the other questions that we have here today is, how long does it take for the body to show signs of inflammation or bloating from certain foods, and can we explain which kinds of foods
2: are the most common causes of inflammation? All right, so... As a young child, you may not see that inflammation, but if you continue to eat those foods, the inflammation will slowly build. And as we get older, um, we look puffy. You you know you see people and they've got this puffy look about them. Uh, So when you go on an elimination protocol, normally you take out the foods that may be causing or usually are causing the inflammation. We try and eliminate as much as we can. And the inflammation can reduce in a week can reduce in less than a week, depending on how inflamed you are and how how unhealthy your body is. It's all a degree of, you know, how unhealthy you are as to how long it's going to take. So if you've been eating really well, but you're eating one food that's inflaming you, what will happen is that when you get rid of that inflamed food, you might find in a week you're feeling fantastic. Whereas if you have not been eating well and you take out all the foods, in 10 days you might still feel very sick and actually feel sicker than when you started. But if you continue three weeks, four weeks to six weeks, maximum usually, you should have cleared out your everything. So then when you reintroduce the food back in again, it can be within 24 hours but up to three days. That the inflammation will come back, but I remember
1: seeing on The Biggest Loser once. It was a couple of years ago, and I think the trainers ended up eating the food that the participants ate. I don't know if they ate them for a whole week or was it a whole day? Was it a whole week or a whole day? No, it was. uh, Oh, I think no, I think it was a whole week. week. A a whole week. week. And all I remember is Michelle Bridges. Chundering her heart out So these guys don't chunder These guys have been eating it So are you saying you build up a resistance Are you saying that you end up Like for people that eat sugar People that eat, um, you know, a lot of sugar all the time, it's like if we all went out now after doing the HCG and we went
2: and ate something that had a lot of sugar in it, Uh, we would feel very sick. Yeah, very sick and and your body becomes very sensitive. Well, your body becomes really sensitive when you um, eliminate things because all of a sudden it's alert and it's giving you the signals you need to get. So somebody like the participants of The Biggest Loser come on, you know, they're morbidly obese, they've got a lot of inflammation, they've got a lot of fat, that's, you know, they're leptin resistant, they're probably insulin resistant, they've probably got so many things happening and basically they don't know what it feels like to feel good and their body probably is just allowing everything to be chucked into it without having that. But when you're feeling fantastic and you eat really healthy foods, your body's function as you would say (laughs) your body's function and I was pointing to Karen um your is is working far better so let's have a look at the way we now look at the human body if you go to your doctor they'll go how are you feeling and you go well I've got this symptom and I've got this symptom and I've got this symptom and instead of saying how are you functioning how well is your body functioning? So if oh,
1: I'd, I'd take that as how many times are you
2: going poos twice? <laughs> well,
1: and, and that, that could always, be I'm just, well, I, I'm just saying because functioning Love to me is like said
0: pet. It's just always about the poo. Poo's good.
1: <laughs> poo's good. Oh, oh, I don't know who
0: you are sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I would. I've never had a doctor say how are you functioning. Exactly <laughs> because they want your symptoms. They want to know how are you feeling. They don't want to know how you're functioning. So if if this, if Michelle, like we're talking about Michelle Bridges, if she's eating really well and, and exercising and then she eats all this junk food, the function of her body is to vomit up that stuff because it's poison to her. Whereas a person that's been eating it all her, their, their life and they eat it again, the body doesn't know how to function properly. It doesn't realise its toxicity. It's functioning at a really low vibration, as as you would say. You know, a very low vibration.
0: Look, and that's really true. And I'm and I'm quite happy to put my hand up and say that I'm a classic example of that. In that my whole um, my whole upbringing, because I've been an emotional eater, and I've found my comfort in carbohydrates and chocolate and all things sweet and, del- and delish. So um, I would always have a lot of that kind of stuff in my body all the time. When I did the HCG, um, I lost about seven kilos over uh, three days or four days. I just dumped seven kilos. And then after I did the HCG, I made a conscious choice to not have um, sugars, dairies or wheats or grains. And I dumped 14 kilos in three uh, three or four weeks, I dumped 14 kilos. And I could actually, you know, I, when, I, when I touch myself up here, like when I'm pointing to myself, because I'm always talking about me. So when <laughs> I point to myself, <laughs> I, I smack my finger into the top of my chest. And when I do that, I can actually feel when I'm inflamed. Because if I hit bone, I know I'm not inflamed. But if I hit fluff, I'm inflamed. And I know it's straight away. One, because I can see it on the scales, because I'll pick up 900 grams. <laughs> Kim's poking herself now to see if that works oh, for her. please. What? You just sounded terrible. <laughs> what, Kim's poking herself? <laughs> <laughs> She's poking her chest? Thank you. Oh, that's the worst. No, oh, I'm for goodness sake, you can talk about two. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so I think that I've been a classic example of what you guys are talking about. And the inflammation shows up in my body Almost immediately. One day I can do up my jeans, and the next day I can't. I'm like a muffin top. And it's literally that quick if I've had something that I shouldn't be eating um, that has my body has an allergic reaction to. But I had no idea for 30-odd years. I had no idea, but I just kept compounding the inflammation. And the inflammation was toxic for me to the point that I was just always tired and I had no idea, and then I found Cindy. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you
1: know what? That is what the power of your four-phase elimination project, a, a protocol does. A project, I like It that. is a project. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it does is you almost... And what I got from it for myself was you have to... And I thought I was quite healthy, and I, really did, I don't think I have a wheat problem and, and any kind of inflammation around that, but what I've noticed since doing that about 18 months ago is I get a signal now, the minute I have something that I shouldn't eat... I get a pain within 10 minutes in the top of my stomach. I don't know whether it's because it's just hitting my tummy or what, but I get this. And I've had that for years, but I've never thought about what that is. I've never noticed what that pain is until I'd eliminated everything, then brought the foods back in and went, oh, hang on a minute. Actually, even spelt bread... It is maybe. I do have a wheat problem. I never thought I had a wheat intolerance. Mm. Never thought I had a sugar problem. And I don't even know if it's a problem, but to me I've seen it as a health expression in inflammation. Mm. So I can Mm. sense this pain. So I now know, and I was talking to someone on the way home last night after our our eating, and they got instantly bloated right in the tummy. And they were talking about that, and we all went, what did you eat? Mm. And I think it's one of the greatest things you can do. The more in touch and clean you are, the quicker the self-diagnosis is. And I just, yeah. want, to, I just want, to conf- I want to talk about that just a quick second in that
0: we've been talking at Awaken the Change, or I've been talking about in Awaken the Change um, retreat this week, that paying attention to ourselves and listening to what we're saying and listening to our experience of ourselves is the beginning. It's the journey back to connecting to ourselves. And it's no different to listening to what our body's actually doing. When we don't eat something that agrees with us, we feel it. We know it. Either our genes are tighter or we get a headache or we get sluggish or we get lethargic or we get phlegmy. We you don't said it. we don't like phlegm. We don't not into phlegm. No. But we you know, we get these responses and we get these reactions, but we don't pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we're living our lives so unconsciously and asleep. It's really time for us to wake up and start paying attention because if we don't pay attention, we will pay with
2: pain. And one way to pay attention to the food that you're eating is to do a food diary. And then you'll start to see oh, I ate that that day and I was inflamed or or I had a sore, you know, side or I puffed up or I'm a muffin top or whatever happens when you do that. Having a food diary will help you through that. Or eating the same things and then reintroducing something one every three days, or if you're, you're not too sensitive, one a day. If you have chronic inflammation, that's when it gets really scary. And chronic inflammation is the gums. Have you seen people that have that really yeah. red gum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is chronic inflammation and and gingivitis. Yeah, and often their tongue. Yeah, Those the funny the call. tongue is different, and they may get blocked ears, or they may have a lot of phlegm, or always be coughing up, or and they're puffy, and they're joints are sore. Like I know, like um, I've talked about this before in the retreat, but I know that when I've eaten something wrong in the morning, I feel very puffy in my hands. It disappears. Yeah. My hands. Yeah. If I eat the wrong thing. So it's a really good indicator for me. So it may be a good one for you. I have puffy. My goodness.
0: I land up with puffy fingers almost every morning. And I thought that was just because I was dehydrated because I could drink
2: a gallon of water when I wake up. So maybe you need to add your salt to make sure your water's hydrating you because you do drink quite a lot. I do. I, I yeah. nail about three litres a day. Why well, is that right? Mm. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's just... Um, well, it's the build-up of inf- it's, it's acid and inflammatory response. So it's it's another way to know that something's wrong. Another one was low back for me. or it, You've all got ones that... that you will know headache. I get a headache. Or a headache in the headache morning. Even a away. slight headache in the morning, you're going, What? you know. Mm. So mm. all of these are saying something you've done yesterday or you didn't sleep or um and, and it could be exercise as well, where you have ripped rod with Kim Morrison on the what? Wad
1: or Fartley.
2: Yeah, that one. And you know, you've got a build up of inflammation. <laughs>
0: Well, Kim nice. just wanted to say the fart word. She's been wanting to say the <laughs> fart word all morning. And fartlek was a really good way to
1: get it out. <laughs> You're a fiend. Um, do you think, I've just had a thought, <laughs> having just been to the market, it, it did hurt. <laughs> ha- did, having just been to the markets and seeing all that beautiful fresh fruit and mm. produce, would you even have a reaction to, um, to vegetables you've brought at the supermarket as opposed to vegetables you've just bought fresh from the farm. Oh, from
0: pesticides and being frozen for 12 months? Is that what we're referring to? I'm just
1: wondering, to?
2: could you get that subtle with it? Most definitely. Hello. Uh, most definitely. But hopefully, if you're strong enough, you'll resist some of these things. Far better but to But
1: have... I'm just even noticing, like not even in a negative way. Mm. Like I just know when I eat... Being in the markets today, yeah. at this green smoothie to me that oh. we're going to make is going to be... It's just... I don't know whether it's because it's psychological. We've just been to the markets and I've bought it and we spoke to the farmers and we, we collected it. We hunted and gathered together, you know, and we did that. Whether it's going to taste different or whether it's going to feel different. It's, it's even picking my herbs out of my garden. I feel so virtuous. Mm. I feel really holier than thou because <laughs> I've done it. I... Zip it. <laughs> What, you need to pick your
0: herbs
2: out of your garden
0: to feel holier than thou, sweetest? And mean. you know what?
2: Everybody can have um, lettuces and herbs in their garden but somewhere. I, did, I must say, I
0: didn't hunt and gather with you because I was cuddling puppies and I was running around tasting everything from every store. <laughs> and walked <bought laughs> past anything that said pork or meat. Pork yeah, no, or meat. No. Yeah, she, she whizzled past. I spent about 120 bucks in about 15 minutes <laughs> just because I wanted to taste everything. On oh, what? I, it's all in my bag. I bought one of everything from every store because I wanted <laughs> to taste it all. But I came back into the room here and I've tasted the, the um, wild kale and the wild rocket. And I can honestly say I've never tasted anything like that in my entire life. The kale that we get at home... is bitter. I thought it was wonderful, but it's bitter. This is smooth as silk. Extreme.
2: <gasps> can we taste not now, we're doing a podcast, but later. They can't taste. <laughs> but what I picked up was a finger lime, which is a bush food. And I oh. don't know if people have seen finger limes, but what it looks like is a lime that looks like a finger. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> If round. you have a look at it.
1: It no. looks like your MacLeod's daughter's fingers.
2: What, fat?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the lime being round, listeners, the, 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 the lime
2: is kind of, it's... it's... Like looks a, like a gherkin.
0: looks like a little gherkin. A little yeah. gherkin,
2: that's what it looks like. So when you open it up, it looks like caviar. Ooh. And I always put it on my salads. I always put it on my salads. And um, the girl was saying, if you put it in your Corona, she says, you put the little things in your Corona, and she says, it's absolutely beautiful. Who was with me? Um, what else did she say we had to do with it?
1: She
2: uh, said vodka. I think. Oh, vodka? Put oh. it in vodka? Oh, back to the vodka. Yeah, it was the and vodka. And we wonder cream. who the lashes in the group. <laughs> Salads. 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 Soda water, mineral water. But, like, this is a bush food. Oh, yum. You know? So and this you would grow. No, you just, I'll just see if I can split it. I'm trying to split it, um, but I can't. And, and I haven't uh, got a knife. Chef. But it looks like caviar, little lime caviars. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can smell it. I can smell yeah. it. How
0: come yeah. we didn't get more of those? Well, I've got oh. it for
2: everybody to try, um, but we'll do wow, that. Wow, that's can, stunning. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's, let's move on to okay, some of so the other questions
1: so that we've got One there. of the things that came up then, and we spoke about this before the podcast, one of the questions we've been asked is, can you explain the difference between coconut milk in a tin, coconut cream in a tin, coconut milk from a fresh coconut, and the liquid in a coconut,
2: is it milk? Did you ask me that question? That? Who was I looking at? Who was I looking at? All right, number one, tin food. Okay, as a, you start with the tin food. Okay, so everything that
0: um, oh, we've just cut the lime open. Bit distracted. Looks fabulous. So, the minute we tin a food, um, the process that the food goes through to be tinned removes its vibrational frequency. So, as humans, our our body is vibrating. Each cell is vibrating. And our body vibrates at 70, a healthy body vibrates at 70 megahertz. which And one megahertz is a million. So one megahertz equals a million. So our body vibrates at 70 megahertz per second. Per second. So that's on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, 70 million times per second. Now, our foods do the same thing, only their vibrational frequency is much lower. So the average vibrational frequency of a piece of coriander or a parsley is 12 megahertz. Where we're 70, coriander, parsley, 12. Um, A potato, a pumpkin, a broccoli is uh, uh, 15 to 18. So ideally, our foods are a source of enhancing our vibrational frequency because they contribute to it. But the minute we we put the food through the process of putting it into a can, the vibrational frequency is removed and the food dies. It loses its ability to vibrate. So when we can a food, it has a zero vibrational frequency. So canned coconut cream, great for flavour, and it's still coconut cream that's been treated and heated inside of the tin but its vibrational frequency has been brought back to zero. So wherever you can not have a canned food or a tinned food, you're doing yourself a
2: favour. If you can get it fresh or untreated through the canning process, it's, it's better for And fun. what's the BHA? Yeah, one, one, the other thing that's happening with a lot of our tins, and I notice it in organic tins as well, is that, you know, do you remember when you're used to open a tin and um, sometimes it would be a little bit rusted? because they didn't have a coating around it, now they're putting a coating around it. And the coating is a lining, basically, that um, leaches out BPA, which is bisphenol A. And, you know, it it has um, associations with um, hormone, as a hormone disruptor, basically. And you're not allowed to have this in um, foods with children. Canada has absolutely not allowed it in any, of their packaging or any of their foods anymore, yet other countries around the world still have it, including Australia. Food Standards Australia and New Zealand just basically have said, well, we don't agree with the research, we're not banning it here in Australia, so you have to become vigilant. So when you open a tin and you see a white lining around it, you know that it has bisphenol A in it. But they're getting really sneaky. They because I, even I got um, really tricked by it because I opened up this tin and the, the white colour wasn't there anymore. The it was it. yeah, they're colouring it the colour of the tin shut the front
0: what through, what through the inside of the tin, I've had tins where the inside of the tin is like a white colour, is that yeah, what you're referring yeah,
2: to? Yeah, that's it, that's the best. But now, they're now they're colouring that. Now they're colouring it, the colour of the tin. So sometimes they'll put it just down the seam of the tin, sometimes they'll put it on the top of the tin and the bottom of the tin, on the on the top and bottom, and sometimes I'll put it around the, around the whole tin, or they could put it around on everything. So, that's one thing you have to be aware of, that all tins have that. So the difference between coconut milk and t- coconut cream is concentration. That's all, how much water has been added to it. So really to save yourself money, always buy cream and just add water to it if milk's asked for. Or you can make your own coconut Ooh. creams and milks. And the way you do it is you just do it with desiccated coconut. So you just do it like you would, you soak your coconut, or you don't even need to soak your coconut, you just add water to it and you spin it in the thermomix and then put it through a sieve. But you can also put desiccated coconut in the thermex oh, um, without can. water yeah. and make cream. Uh, not cream. Um, a yeah. butter. A, a coconut, coconut, butter. coconut butter. Not oil, though. Not the coconut oil, no, but no, a I coconut, coconut, coconut butter. butter. And it tastes
1: yeah. sweet. Yeah. It, the taste of it changes. And it happens. But you've got to keep doing it. And you've got yeah. to have a lot of coconut in there.
0: So, you, so the recipe for that is just shredded coconut.
1: Desiccated. Yep. Lots, yep.
0: Desiccated. Yep. Yep. And yep. just churned. Lot, lots of it. Lots of it. If you've got a thermomix. And you churn it and churn it. And I kept what's looking how it. Much, how long are you churning it for? It was like a 10 good minutes? 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. You just keep going until it turns into this most.
1: It's yeah. like a. Threat, obviously, a chemical egging. reaction must change. Because it completely changes oh.
2: structure and look. But it's the fat. It's the oh. fat that's just being changed. In it's structure. It's like making butter. Mm-hmm. What we do is that we spin it and um, all the whey comes out of it and you. All the, the buttermilk comes out of it and you're left with the. The fat, the butter, oil, basically, and if you put your thermomix on um, 37 degrees, it will activate faster, especially in cold weather. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it'll because it'll melt the fat. So you know a when bit. you
1: get those fresh coconuts at the supermarket yeah. or in the
2: In market? the green or, or brown? Yeah. The green or brown?
1: They're white. They're kind of like got a. Oh yeah. Okay. So they're Are the they green fresh? coconut. Okay, That's the green coconut. Kind of, the yeah, they're ones. the young. So the flesh that comes out of that. Mm. What can you do with that? Oh, everything. Bath in it. A- <laughs> Put it on your face. Put it on your face. It would be a great face mask. Oh, it's a bit fabulous.
2: Um, But, yeah, so what do you do with that? Uh, Well, I would put it in my cater. Sometimes I put it in my cater. Sometimes I would, I I don't know, I just put it in anything. I don't even think about it. It's just like, oh, I've got some flesh here. Sometimes I'll just eat it. I might put it on top of a panna cotta, yeah, I don't know. I just—it's so and, sweet. You can just water, add it to anything. The coconut. So, so if you open up a coconut,
1: yes, is an older coconut the one that has the milk and the cream, and a young one has coconut water.
2: Is that what it is? Well, the the water is still in the the brown coconut. It's yeah, still a yeah. water. Yeah, but it's. I don't like that, the taste of that. It's a little bit um, an, off. Because that's an older coconut. That's an older smash. coconut, and then the coconut flesh is really hard. Yes. And that, you can throw in your Thermomix, basically, and grind it, not with the brown around it, yeah. but you can grind it, and then I freeze it because it goes off in about three days. Right. Because it's not dried. It's, you know It's got lots of that fat in it. it. It only has a little bit of vitamin E and K in it. It's not enough vitamin E, which is a natural antioxidant, to save it from going off.
0: So, in terms of nutritional value, is it better for us to buy the green coconuts and and do our
2: stuff with that, or either one, either one is but fine? Horses for courses, horses for courses. Yeah, courses for courses. yeah cool. because you cannot make desiccated coconut out oh, of a green coconut. Oh, I've never made it. I don't, and I don't well, want it'd to. It would be too moist. It's too soft. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the other one's harder. It's more mature, mm. and you can make it very, very easily. Cool. Mm. Okay, I've got a question for you, Kes. Mm-hmm. Question is about comfort eating, my love.
1: Oh, yes, we, my favorite topic. And your line, your line is always: "If we knew better, we'd do better." Correct, But often we do know better, but we don't do better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we know better, but we don't do better. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my life, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how would you give some tips around comfort eating when you've got this one voice saying don't eat it and the other voice going stuff it, who cares, and even swearing and saying that it wants to eat it? So what would we do? Okay, so when we swear at
0: ourselves like that, um, it's, it's, it's always on often because we don't want to be told no. We don't want to be told that our... Um, instinctive desire, or our, sorry, I'll let me rephrase that. We don't want to be told that our habitual behaviour is wrong, and we don't even want to tell ourselves we're wrong, much less have anybody else tell us we're wrong. So when we do go, when we do have that um, uh, stressed situation, and our natural response is to go to the cupboard to have something delicious or to to comfort ourselves, it's a habituated response. So instead of looking at the problem as I'm a comfort eater and that's what I need to address, what we need to address is I am habituated in one particular behaviour and that behaviour just happens to be food. So we have to address the habit and the way that we address the habit is we recondition the body. Now for most people in their own homes, the best way to recondition a habit is to change the behaviour in spite of the no, because there's always that um, pull of, yes, I want it, no, I don't. Part of me wants it, part of me doesn't. When we're in our homes and we're on our own and we're not with me doing a counselling session, when we're in our homes um, in the real world, the only way that we can get the change is to be able to be aware that we've got part of me does, part of me doesn't, and then in spite of me, in spite of the part that doesn't, force ourselves to... Um, side with the part of us that does want the change, the part of us that knows better. We have to force ourselves to do that initially, and it's hard work. Or don't have it in the house. I personally don't have it in the house, and that's my way of doing it. Because to get in the car and go down the street and buy chocolate, that's a bit of a pain. But sometimes I have gotten in the car and gone and bought a chocolate. <laughs> you... But it, it, but you, you have to change. You have to change the behaviour, and the thing that drives the behaviour. Is a willingness because you're attached to something bigger. So what I mean by that is, I look at the when I'm an emotion when I'm emotionally eating, I look at the problem. So I'm having a fight with Matt, and the first thing I do when I have a fight with Matt, it's quite dangerous. I eat and I spend. So <laughs> do not irritate me because I will buy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, high maintenance, high maintenance. So when I go through something with Matt, let's say, then my first instinct is to reach for something. Or if I'm bored, I'll reach for food. So instead of doing that, I have to attach to a bigger why to allow me to change that habit. But I do have to be conscious of the fact that I'm actually doing it. That's the first step. Be conscious that you're about to go to the cupboard. And when you know you're about to go to the cupboard to eat something and you know you're going to do it and you know you shouldn't, all that, all that that means is you don't have a big enough reason not to. And oftentimes, if we don't pay attention to those things, we will pay with pain, and then the pain
1: will become the reason not to. And isn't it about creating a new habit with that? So, oh, and Because sure. when you don't do it, you feel quite proud of yourself, and then you realise you actually didn't need it. One thing I mm. do when I feel like having something sweet and I really don't need it at night, and this probably sounds really stupid, but I'll go and brush my teeth. Because peppermint is actually a digestive aid, and it's a it's a stimul it's an appetite suppressant. Yeah, whatever. No, not there. It and a tablespoon coconut go, oil, or, or I go for a run. Now yeah. that's a payoff to me too. So I'll turn around. and I say, if you really want it, you're gonna have to go for a run and actually earn it. Uh, that's one thing that I'll yeah. do, um, and I like that because then I. I feel like I've earned it, and if I want it, I'll have it. But I still won't reach for a Mars bar. It'll be a piece of my chocolate slice that I've made. Or... Well, see, your habits,
0: your habits are beautifully cemented and beautifully in place. But it's
1: taken years of practice. That's
0: exactly right, and that's the key. Mm. That's absolutely the key. The key to changing a habit is repetition, and having a good enough why. Mm. So what I do now, because my business and my what I do, you know, with you girl, with you girls and awaken the change. It's my life. It's my purpose. So now what I'll do when I want something sweet or I'm bored and I want to go and reach for food, I'll do exactly something very similar to what you do, Kim, is I'll say to myself, "Okay, go to the computer, send that email to the 5,000 people on this particular database and then do this job and then do that job and then once you've done that, if you still want it, you can have it. And by the time I've actually done these other things and these other things have got to be very important to me, They've got to be really important to me. It can't just be go vacuum the floors because that is not going to wash because my habit is far stronger than my desire to vacuum the floors. But my desire to build my business and be extraordinary for other people is massive. So that is a really big why. And so then I go and do all those other things. And by the time I've done those things, I've interrupted the pattern And that's a neurological process. That habit is actually a neurological pattern that's really well ingrained in us. We've got to interrupt the pattern. So interrupt the pattern with a change of behaviour and then do that
1: repetitiously over and over and over and over. But you've got to be willing to do it. And I'll tell you the other thing that I've learnt from Cindy... Is if you're eating a good diet throughout the day, and you're actually eating more, you know, more regularly, or having good meals, and you're eating nutrition, you actually don't have that craving in the first, in the that instant. That's so true. So it actually doesn't even occur. So when you're bless you, so when you're <laughs> actually um, when you're eating well, and I've eaten a good meal, and I haven't gorged at dinner because I haven't eaten in the afternoon, and then because the more I gorge, the more I want to eat. It's mm. ridiculous. So the more I realise that, if I, and I tell you what, having a green smoothie or going and making a smoothie, or even having one of your shots with the greens, the probiotics and the colloidals, having one of those can stop
2: the urge or the desire to go and self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. There's a really good book um, about this, and it's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, and it, it explains the what how a habit is created and how you change a habit. Um, and the changing of the habit is basically there are, there are four sections to the habit and you only have to change one part of that habit in order to do it. So if, if, you know, if people who are listening to us want to know more about it, it's a fabulous book to really understand what is it that I need to really think about when I'm going into that same pattern of behaviour. Uh, and you know what? Marketers um, use the power of habit mm. to entice us to buy things. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's a, it's a worthwhile book reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is quite, it's
0: quite set up. It's quite orchestrated, yes. the yep. way that our um, our system is, is geared to cause us to want McDonald's, want Mars bars. Mm. It's set up quite
1: manipulatively, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Okay, so here's a good question, and I like this one because so many of us would like to know where we're at physically mm. But if you go the normal route, so the question is, if you'd like to have a checkup to ascertain how your general health is, and you don't want to go the normal medical way, but you'd like to go and have things like blood tests, scans, um, angiograms, you want to know what your vitamin and mineral levels are, etc. What what would you recommend as the way to understand those those levels, and how would you then read them, or who would you trust to read them?
2: Oh, once again, I think this comes down to we don't trust our own bodies. We you know like we have to don't you know your signs and symptoms? You know, like when you understand the whispers and the screams in the body as to what is happening in your body and really listen to your body and become educated in it, and I know it takes time to do this, then you begin to trust your body. And these blood tests that we have and these scans and and all the things that we're having at the moment, they're not even always correct. And Half of them, we're finding out that that's not what we should be looking for. So for heart disease, we we get cholesterol levels tested. But in actual fact, it's not cholesterol levels we should be looking at. It's the size particle of the LDL, you know, which is they call the bad um, cholesterol. There are seven types of LDLs from large to small. It's the small ones. So you go and get a blood test. You get your cholesterol tested. And the doctor says, well, your cholesterol's high. And by the way, they don't test for LDL it's uh what they do is they test um, they, they work out HDL and cholesterol and then they do a mathematical equation to get LDL and then you don't even know what those seven are so There are lots of tests out there. There are are markers for autoimmune disease. And they're
0: different in every country too, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they're different in every country. Some aren't even available in Australia that I would like to have available in Australia. But if you know you've got an autoimmune disease because you've had a marker for it, you don't need to go for another 22 tests to find out that you've got this one, this one, this one and this one. You just have to remove the environmental trigger that's causing the problem or the food that's causing the problem. The thing is we so don't trust our own body that we have to go and have tests and we've got to have mammograms and we've got to have pap smears and we've got to have... Do you guys... Yeah, you know, the guys even get those... Um, yep, that one. Prostate? Prostate examinations. <coughs> I, you know? Cough. to cough, don't they?
1: Toupet? Do they? I don't know.
2: Do you? <laughs> It was
1: on TV, I saw. Okay, off. so
0: all the guys in the room are all shrugging their shoulders, <laughs> shaking their heads,
2: and they're about to go over in the corner, suck their thumbs, and rock. <laughs> Look, there are times, there will be times when you need these tests, but I think we, we see them as the god of tests. And sometimes they're not, and the more we're finding out about these, the more we're realising they are not as accurate as we would like them to be. In actual fact, they're they're finding that the pap smears, the amount of pap smears that we're having on a yearly basis, they're saying have them one every three years because a yearly basis sometimes we'll we'll see a dysplasia in the cervix and um, that dysplasia can sometimes fix itself but what happens is the dysplasia is seen and we go in for a cone biopsy or, or something happens where we didn't need that in the first place. So they're actually saying every three. The mammogram, they're, they're, they're looking at the mammogram as something as, right, we've seen it, but maybe that would have disappeared. Maybe it wouldn't. We don't even know. Mm. So if, for people who are really looking after their bodies and really listening to their bodies and understanding the whispers and screams... And and doing everything right, then they should know their body should be telling them what's wrong. Do, what do you think then of the um, the urine sticks?
1: You know, because that's quite oh for instant. acidosis, yeah, yeah. yeah for, for acid. And, and what about and, and hair, that's brilliant.
2: Hair analysis. Here analysis. Look, there are all these ones, and I, I and go and do them if you want, but don't rely on them to be the be all and end all. Go get a blood test. Go get your scans. Whatever it is that you want to have. But become educated, you know. Like we're just we're just going we're in the middle right now of the whole Angelina Jolie thing, you know. She's being told that she's got the gene for breast cancer, so she's taken both of her breasts off. I can't believe I that. So,
0: I, what, I, I, is I, I, that I, test accurate? Well, there's a there's a woman that I know who's who um, went to the doctor, and they said you might get it, you might not. So she had both of them removed. Now, is that not a possibility for all of us, that we might get it, we might not?
2: We might die, we might
0: not. And, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm missing something on this. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm missing the, the point on that. I don't understand that. it. It's like, I might get the flu, I might not. I, know. I might roll my ankle when I run, I might not. Therefore, I, I mean,
2: I, I'm really not... I'm not understanding that. So, so well, um, Angelina Jolene's been told now that she has a 5% chance of having breast cancer. Five? 5%. There's still a chance that she's going to get breast cancer, isn't it? So, uh, wh- like, I just find... Um, I find this really hard at the moment because she is a role model. Mm. And as a role model a lot of women are probably going to go have their breasts, Oh, their genetic genes done. Mm. And if the, the BRAC gene is found, one or two, but we now know in breast cancer there's actually about five or six genes that we know of now that are actually involved in breast cancer, that you have to have them in order to... The trigger to blow it up, you know, you know to activate yeah. it. Mm. So, um, you know, there's a... You should, like the social media at the moment. Yeah. There's mm. a lot of... It's like... Is she getting a lot of support? Yeah, it. she's getting support, but there's, and the people that are not supporting them are, are giving her flack as well. So I oh, look, well, are well, the well, tests accurate? Yeah, yeah. How do we know? How do we know that they're, that they're
0: accurate? But this, this was the thing, the point I was making before. If I go to a different country, they have different measurements mm-hmm. for the components mm-hmm. of the blood screening. Yeah. So here, like my iron level might have to be, I don't know, I'm just going to pluck a figure out of the air because I haven't had one for so long. But say in Australia the iron level should be 11, but in the States it's 8.
2: So I'm not normal if I'm 11, if I'm in the States. And if you had your cholesterol taken um, just 15 years ago um, and you were 6, you would have been normal, but now Ah. you're not normal. Yeah, right. You, you are too high and you should go on statin drugs. Yeah. And if you have an iron deficiency, and what would be the normal thing that they ask you to do is they say take iron. Mm. But maybe it's not the fact that you're not taking enough iron. Maybe it's something that you're eating and you haven't been listening to your body. Mm. So a question that I asked, and we have actually talked about it, but we'll just briefly do it. A question I asked on Facebook basically was, you know, do you just land up with depression or do you just land with cancer or do you just land with these things? No. You have whispers and screams that are happening in your body and you ignore them by giving Panadols or painkillers or anti-inflammatories or headache tablets or whatever it is and you stop listening to it. Mm. And when you stop listening to your body is when you will need to go for these scans and these things because you're in such a bad way that you don't even know what your body's telling you anymore. Mm. And we've lost this ability to listen to the body. Mm. And, I've got and I one find more it question. sad.
1: Okay, go one ahead. more question. We're, we're coming to the end. How do you deal with people like a dietitian who believes that margarine's better than butter? How do we deal with them? I'd say, you know, just Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Oh, I had well, a did major I say argument. That out of land? I had a major argument with two dietitians who were sitting there once telling me how margarine is the way to go, and I did my whole thing on Well actually I'd rather eat something from a cow that's been around for ten thousand years, well not the cow, but the fact that butter (laughs) the butter's been around for ten thousand years than eat margarine and we've all heard the story of how margarine's made and their they had their first question was, Have you got a degree? That was their first question. Second question was, Are you a nutritionist? And they rolled their eyes at the fact that I had a good friend that was one. And then the second uh, the third question uh, or the third comment was, have you seen all the statistics? Have you seen all the information, facts, and statistics? And my answer was, "Well, my understanding of statistics is that anything can be manipulated in order to create the statistic and outcome you want. So you guys have just created a statistic saying
2: that margarine is better than butter. Isn't it candle wax? Isn't it coloured, flavoured candle wax? Well, it was candle. It was candle wax and soap making material. That's basically what it was." <laughs> And Candle wax and, and soap, soap making material, and it still is made. Is to now make. margarine, yeah. but they still use the same process that they make margarine with to make candles and soap. Stop it! Yeah, it's hydrogenated vegetable oil. That's it. That's all it is. Do you
0: know? The other day, I was at my house, and I've just bought all these candles to put next to my bed because I'm doing a bit of a redeck. So I bought all these candles, and my mum was in the house, and all the candles had melted all over the thing. And I said to my mum, "I, I said, do you know that that is the same stuff as the margarine?" And my mum has margarine in her cupboard. I mean, in her, well, she could keep it in the cupboard, really, because oh, it she doesn't could, yeah. go off. Oh, yeah. But she keeps it in the fridge. And she went straight home and threw it out. She had no idea she mm-hmm. was eating plastic. Like... Really. So,
2: well, let's answer answer that question. Like, I, I, with a degree, um, and with my knowledge, I'm able to get stuck in there. But for someone who's a layperson, who is having an argument with a dietitian about margarine and butter, I wouldn't even go there, because you know why. Your philosophies are so far apart that I did the Dietetics course I've, I've done the university degree where I saw what I was you know how I was taught. you're institutionalized that's what you are. you're taught the, the thing that they want you to know about and you're given all the research that shows and supports that institution. Mm. whereas when I got out of the institution I was able to not be institutionalized anymore and look out there. so I don't go there. I wouldn't even argue with them because it's like trying to argue a vitalist and a mechanist. A mechanist looks at, you know, the body in parts, a vitalist looks at it holistically. So they're gonna look at margarine for its fat, salt, and sugar content. I'm gonna look at margarine, is it a real food or a not real food? And you know, when I see science now, I actually have to put in, I actually have to put in some common sense. And I have to really look at the research now and go, that doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. Why is not it not feeling right? And then I go on. But I don't argue with them. You know, no, yeah, I think I you've think... summed it up.
1: Absolutely. I think you've summed it up that is it real food or is it not real food? Anymore. And having just been to the markets, yeah, what a wonderful way to finish the day. day.
0: Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> So we've reached the end of our podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at our gorgeous retreat in Byron Bay with our amazing participants here in the room at Awaken the Change Within Intensive. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Should so Should we get to go to bed now? Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> So jump onto our Facebook page at all the W's dot facebook forward slash up for a chat. Post your comments, post your questions, and hopefully you will join us next time at Awaken the Change Intensive. Also, if you want to post any comments on the website, it's all the Ws again, thewellnesscouch forward slash up for a chat. So we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Join us here again next week and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. Bye for now. This has been a production of The Wellness Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch. Streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, it's Damien Christoph from The Wellness Guys here. If you listened to our Wellness Guys podcast towards the end of last year on goal setting, you'll know a big focus for us in 2013 is getting to know our listeners more. So far, we've done a wellness summit on the Gold Coast, have one coming up in Melbourne in August, and have our first ever retreat coming up in September in Fiji. But that's still not enough. You guys are demanding more. And so we've invited the sensational, most beautiful Karen Smith, down to Melbourne on Friday, June 14, for a special one-day-only intensive event called The Wellness Breakthrough. The intensity of this day will be electric. The three wellness guys and Karen Smith helping you break through to the next level of your mind, your body, and your soul. Tickets are just $97, but up until June the 1st are just $50, and you can bring a friend free. To book your seats, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and then click on events. See you there.